coming up. I'm joined by the newest member of the Nerdcaster crew to talk about the CW shows, superheroes in general, the new Star Wars trailer, and a lot more next on Nerdcaster. Welcome to Nerdcaster, guys. We're back. I'm here with uh, the newest member of our Nerdcaster family or crew, uh, Mike. Um, that's you. You want to say hi? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, Mike is our newest, uh, again, member of the crew. He does some of the writing and articles on the Nerdcaster website. And um, check his stuff out whenever you get a chance. Is there anything else you want to promote before we get started? I, you can also check me out at Watch Squad. Uh, I work, you know, do some of the writing there. Uh, mainly uh, do reviews, articles, that, articles there. So uh, you can guys can check that out. You can also check me out at Twitter at uh, Rayleigh's twelve eighty. Uh, just check me out on Twitter. You can follow me. Whatever you want to do. All right, nice. And like I said, some of the articles you recently wrote were about the Crisis on Infinite Earth. Um, you've did some reviews over on the Watch Squad page that I looked at um, in regards to uh, Child's Play, the new one, uh, some of the new Batwoman episodes. Um, how are you liking the new Batwoman? As, as far as the storyline and what's going on in it, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, the, the show itself is uh, really setting the character up uh, from what we've seen previously. Uh, it goes back to tell her origins. So here we are with you know, we've seen her as Batwoman already uh, from the previous Elseworlds crossover. And then you go back to her origin, why she decided to do this, what, uh, you know, what caused her to just go and find this suit and, and become Batwoman. And then her journey is starting out. Uh, I think the best thing about the show uh, and, and Ruby Rose, really, she's getting a lot of flack online if you read some of the other reviews about how she's playing the character the same way. But honestly, she's never, you know, like the character itself, Kate Kane, she's never done anything like this before. She's never been a, you know, she's never had a dual identity. So it's kind of a learning curve for her to separate her life from that character from Batwoman. So I think mm -hmm. that's the best part about it is you're actually seeing those those trial that trial and error there that she's just oh well, what do I do about this what do I do about that she can't go on dates she can't go out to parties that kind of thing because there's always something that happened something happening where she's got to be Batwoman or she has to fight crime something like that so it's kind of hey I can't live a life I can't do this but then she still wants to be Batwoman and then now she's still got to figure out how to you know, make that all work together. And that's the, that's my, probably my favorite part of it is because you don't see that really with anything that you've followed with Batman or any of the other Bat family characters. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I'm, I'm liking the Batwoman uh, um, story so far. I do have some, some gripes with it, but it doesn't have to really do with the character of Batwoman herself. Um, it, it has to do more with like the, the social media influencer, Doctor at Night, her stepsister. Um, I'm not a big fan of that character. Right. Um, I don't uh, care much for like her father's storyline in this. Um, I did prefer like a lot of the elegy thing where he was like behind her and, and, and 
basically her oracle. Um, I'm hoping it turns into that versus this whole crows thing. But on the whole, I do like the show. Um, and I think it's getting better. I think it started off a little rough, but the, the last like two episodes I thought were really good. And they were, yeah. The, the introduction of the, the Batwoman suit uh, from the from the bat suit that she found in the cave under Wayne Tower, all that. Uh, I say, you know, I say this. I, I don't really care much for the 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 Luke Fox character in the show. Mm. Um, he's one of the better characters I think that come from the is comes from the comic books, but uh, his character in the show really doesn't live up to what he could be. I don't know if that's just the way they're writing it now, if it's going to evolve or what, but right now he just acts like he has no clue most of the time what's going on, and that's not Luke Fox. I mean, in the comics, even in Rebirth, what I've been reading, he's, he's you know, a tech guy, like a tech genius. He he knows the, the back computers, the caves, all of it. He's pretty well versed in all of that. In this show, he's not. He's just kind of there, kind of playing like security guard, whatever, to what Wayne Tower, the Wayne Enterprises, whatever was left behind because Batman's been gone for three years. Uh, that's one gripe I have with it. Uh, her dad, yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. I like him more in his role of like he's behind this and he's behind her and he's, you know, trying to make her better than what she is. Uh, that, they kind of have that in the Rebirth books as well. Uh, yeah. He's he's there in her ear. Uh, he's always behind her. He's trying to support her. But at the same time, too, he was trying to lead this team to take over Gotham to stop Batman. And that's I guess that's where the Crows kind of play in. Is like he's leading this team because Batman's gone. But I think that you're right. I think that maybe later on he's going to realize that or find out that she's Batwoman and then he's going to be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to help her and, and try to get away from this because I just feel like there's something that he's missing in his group and especially whatever his, his wife's doing. I don't know what the whole deal with that is, yeah. uh, but I guess we will figure it out. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, the, the one Batwoman uh, storyline that I really loved was the elegy storyline in the comics. Um, which was recommended to me by the guys at the Geekery here in Madawan, New Jersey, uh, my local comic shop. Check them out if you ever get a chance. 133A Main Street, Madawan. Um, that's my, my plug for them. And uh, when they recommended it to me, I actually read it twice. I really liked that story. And, I'm, I, and then when they introduced Allison, this Batwoman series on, on television, she fits that, that book. Like the look of her is, is perfect. It's dead on. Um, and I think she is absolutely the best character in this show currently. Um, up to what I've seen. I'm not caught up. I haven't seen the most recent episode. The Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, as far as, as acting and character, character being, you know, written, whatever, she is the best. I will agree with that because it's, uh, like I said, it's it's kind of been a rough road for the other main characters and supporting characters of the show, but, but she fits that book version, like you said. She fits it great, and the actress is great and the character is just written so good. Yeah. I, I love it. I love that she has depth to her too. Like she helps Kate at one point in time, uh, but then she's also almost tried to kill her. So it's like, you don't yeah. know what her, what she's trying, what's behind, you know, how she really feels like. It looks like she right. still has some sort of love for Kate at the same time. She still wants to make her suffer. Um, yeah. Some, some sibling stuff going on there. Uh, right. 
the the one thing I worry about with this show and what I hope they really, really don't do is I don't want it to fall into the template of Flash and, and Arrow where it's just put her in the middle of a team and then it's like her with the team. I want to see her work alone like a Batman. And yeah, maybe her father's behind her. Maybe she has help with, with Luke Fox um, and her sister, who's, again, the doctor socialite um, behind the scenes. But I want it mainly to focus on Batwoman and Kate Kane. I, I don't – those secondary characters should just be that secondary character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's that's one of my biggest complaints with The Flash and Arrow. Uh, I mean they, they have all these char- supporting characters that are there as a team. I mean even Arrow at one point, there was six or seven people on this team and they were all on screen at the same time. And I mean it was just – that's too much uh, for this you know for this platform of a show – that's just too many people at one time. Yeah, I'm hoping that when this crisis on Infinite Earths happened, I'm hoping we see, honestly, more people leaving the show. Uh, shows, I'm going to put that as plural. Um, not only are we going to lose Arrow himself, Stephen Amell, but I'm hoping maybe we lose some people from Team Flash to, to, to whittle that down a little bit more. Um, I want this event to actually have some sort of huge impact on this entire universe. And what kind of – I'll let you speak actually before I go into the, my next point. Go okay, ahead. Yeah, and I, I mean I agree. I, I agree with that. Uh, my my biggest thing is is you see parts of that episode two of The Flash when he goes to try to get past the antimatter wall and uh, Jay Garrick's there helping him and he's uh, – he sees all of these possible futures and you notice some of these characters – that are there and then some of the characters that don't make it some of the characters that like uh for instance uh uh cisco he's he's vibe again and i don't know like where that storyline's going to go i don't know if again you know it's just something that you don't know if it's a, a cisco from another earth yeah. or whatever uh but my biggest theory i believe and and with the shows that they're announcing the way they're announcing them uh just like the other day they announced the the superman show Yep. Uh, yeah, they're they're actually he's the character that is going to be from the same Earth as Supergirl, and he's going to start. He's going to take over and have his own show, and it's going to be about Superboy or John, his son, uh, mm. from the Rebirth books. I hope. Um, but I think that what they're going to do is after everything's said and done, instead of having all these multi multiverse crossovers, I think it's all going to condense down and possibly put them all back on one Earth. Uh, Supergirl will be there on on the same Earth as Barry and and Arrow, all of them. I think that's what's going to happen because just the way they're announcing these shows, the way that they're they're bringing all these other characters in for this, I think it's going to condense everything down and put all of the the main core shows that's playing right now on the same Earth. I, I think that'd be very interesting. It would definitely make crossovers a little better. I wouldn't even mind if they did something similar to like a Justice League team up like they do with the crossovers, but something, I don't know, something a, a, a little bit different and then make another show out of that like they did with Legends. Um, right. But the, the other show they announced, which was what I was going to bring up, was that um, that new Canary show. I don't remember the name of it. Um, that, that's apparently going to spin off after Arrow's done. Um, yeah. and, and it features what? Black Canary, White Canary and Dinah Lance as whoever or not Dinah Lance, Dinah whatever. I don't even know her damn name. Right. Uh, yeah, and they they've announced too. Uh, I believe that the girl that's playing, like in the the uh, flashboards of uh, 
Arrow right now, the girl that's playing his daughter is going to be in that show as well. Oh, really? Um, the daughter of him and Felicity, I can't think of her yeah. name off the top of my head either. I, right now. I, I can't either, uh, but they're they're saying that she's going to be in the show, and I think it's just going to be called The Canaries. Uh, that's the advertisements that I've seen. It's mm -hmm. kind of like the same same logo as Arrow, but just The Canaries. Uh, I, I think that that show would be okay uh, to kind of go down that road, but then again, you know, almost 20 years ago, we had... Uh, uh, we had Birds of Prey that didn't really play out well. It was, you know, a, a, a WB show at the time, kind of in the Smallville era there. Uh, had a lot of competition. So, I mean, that character was used there. Uh, Black Canary was. Uh, they had the Huntress, and then they had uh, Oracle or Batgirl. Uh, throughout the show, she became a – she actually had surgery and had an implant put in to where she could actually feel her legs and walk. Uh but for the most part, she was just Oracle and helped help the Huntress and help Black Canary kind of, you know, be those superheroes they were. Uh, again, it was another show where Batman had left Gotham and just abandoned them and left. Uh, him and Catwoman <laughs> had a kid. You know, that was just that run for 13 episodes, I believe, in 2002. Yep. No, you're right. 13 episodes, 2002. I um, actually have the, the DVD and I have never yeah. watched it. So I've never seen it, but I own the DVD collection set of it. Um, yeah, same. I, I've watched it. Pretty, pretty good shows for the time period. But again, shows like that really don't. They either they either take off or they fail. Like, like the first few episodes. <laughs> and I also have. I don't know if you you remember or even heard of the show Kindred: The Embrace, but that's another one I actually have on DVD that I never watched. Real big throwback to anybody who used to play tabletop uh, Vampire: The Masquerade there. Um, I've heard of the Vampire of the Masquerade, but not the not that exactly. No. Yeah, it was a show based on the the tabletop RPG, like Dungeons and Dragons, but with vampires. Right. Um, but keeping with the superhero thing, I don't know if you heard, but there is rumor going around. I mean, the source that I heard it from isn't the most credible, um, but Michael Keaton is is looked at to becoming Batman and putting on the cowl once again to start a Batman Beyond uh, movie. So, go ahead. If that, if that's, yeah, I mean, if that source is, you know, correct, I, I feel great about that because, I mean, he's, what, 65, 66 years old now. Uh, the way that DC's decided and announced that they're going to do their movies, have one, like, solid universe and then have one separated universe that kind of tells other stories – I, that would be perfect. I mean, because we've never had a live-action Batman Beyond, and that would just be, I mean, to me, Batman Beyond is, is a great story to tell. Uh, I feel like that they should have kind of plugged that in there with the Arrowverse, because, I mean, Earth-12, what are they doing there? We haven't heard anything. I mean, you know, that's just something I feel like they could have done. Uh, even with uh, Smallville, like, the, the characters from Smallville are coming back. They could have put something on that Earth, because they did hint at Batman and other heroes, you know, in the last season of that show, what have they been doing for the last 10 years? I mean, they, there's just, you know, there's just so many possibilities with the crisis, but with Michael Keaton coming back, I mean, that's great. That's, that's almost as big as say if they were to announce tomorrow that Ben Affleck was coming back. I, mean. <laughs> I would, I would love, I'd love both of them to come back and be, again, be in separate universes, but him doing the Batman beyond storyline was a storyline I thought they were going to do after the Chris Nolan series ended, and we saw uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt find the Batcave and all that. 
it, I don't think it would have been far fetched for Batman to come, be, come back and be more crippled than he was in in, in the uh, what was that last one, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, to be more crippled than he was, not be able to really move as good as he could, and pass it on to, um, what's his name, uh, whoever it was. I mean, his name wasn't Terry McGinnis in, in, at the end of the show or whatever, but it would have been nice they could have done it that way. Um, I thought they were going to go that route. They didn't. Uh, so seeing Michael Keaton pick it back up and hopefully doing it with that, I'm fine with that as well. I think it would be really awesome. Batman Beyond was one of my favorite cartoons growing up, uh, along with the Batman the Animated Series. So anything they do with those those worlds are great. Um, I mean, I guess I'm kind of biased. I'd like to see a Nightwing movie, and that, that would be dope, but I, I'm not getting my hopes up anytime soon for that. I would enjoy a Nightwing movie also. Uh, I mean, as, as far as the Nightwing character, uh, we've got uh, the the Titans show on DC Universe. The uh, the character there, I believe that he's you know well on his way to becoming Nightwing if they get another season possibly. Uh, but I mean, I've always I've always had my pick. Zac Efron, I think, would make a great Dick Grayson Nightwing. I mean, oh. he he's a good actor. Uh, I think that he would fit that role good. Uh, he's he's in the appropriate age range to where he could be Nightwing and still be in like the Affleck movies if they were to go that route. Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying Affleck has to come back, but still keep that same storyline alive. He could still, I think, he could still be in that in that same storyline where he's in that that age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally want to see them do a battle for the cow live action. Like, oh, hey, Ben Affleck's character is he's Bruce Wayne. He's gone. And they introduce the Robins to kind of, you know, like who's going to be Batman. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting. Um, I haven't read that storyline in a while. It it was good. It wasn't one of my favorites. Um, I'd like to see a long Halloween movie. And it looks like the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson may be gearing up towards that. So I'm kind of excited for that. But, I mean, it's all speculation right now. So who knows yeah. what's going to happen. Um, but the long Halloween is one I'd like to see. Um, that, that would be good, too, also. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've got the long Halloween. I've read it like four or five times. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy where they put him in the... Uh, in the games, in the Arkham games, where you could go to him, like, and he'll tell you, like, the on holidays, what holiday it is, that kind of thing. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that story as well. And anything that Tim, uh, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale do, are, are the, all, all of them are great stories. Uh, but switching gears, uh, have you seen the Watchmen premiere? I have. Uh, and, I mean... Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, you know, the movie and the show are connected, but they're nearly 20, 30 years apart uh, in dates. Uh, and, and there's just small bits and pieces that really bridge that connection. It's it's not necessarily like, oh, hey, here's all the characters. Here's what we've got. You know, this is – it's not like that. It's like these – they're introducing new people. They're introducing new characters at least characters that I don't recognize, you know, that from the, from what I've seen so far. Uh, but the, as far as the show goes, the first episode, it had a lot of action. I feel like, uh, the, it, I mean, it, it's, it's got some, some kind of part, parts that are maybe offensive to some people, but, uh, you know, going from that, 
they're in a different universe, a different time. I mean, they if you read the comics, if you've watched the movie from 2007, you realize that it's not it's it's a different take on what would have happened, kind of like a what if this happened this way. Uh, one of the big things that I've seen, the biggest complaints on the internet, on Facebook, places like that, Twitter, uh, was that they don't have technology like we have. Well, they're a government-controlled society to the point that the government's trying to, you know, force them to believe one way, and and that's the only way. The technology itself is is going to be limited because they don't want people to have information like that at their fingertips. They don't want them to have computers. I mean, from the show, they're still using pagers to contact each other. They don't have cell phones, from what I'm seeing. Yeah. So I mean. You know, they don't have, like, all this technology. Now, they, they have, like, newer cars, newer automobiles and things like that. But, like, as far as the technology that we have, you don't see that in this show. Or I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, as, as far as cellular and, and communication technology, it doesn't really exist. I agree. I, I, I mean, I'm really – I think the show is good, but I am a bit confused about it. I don't know where it fits in with the movie. I don't see and, – and, I mean, I watched the movie a long time ago. So I don't know – um, I don't see these connections and reading online. There's like these Easter eggs or this could have been a possible connection to Dr. Manhattan or something. I don't see or feel any of, of that when I watch it. And this is not what I expected when I first saw it. Um, this whole Rorschach gang versus the police and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was great. Um, it just wasn't what I was expecting when I turned it on to watch it. But I've also, again, before watching it, did not see any trailers, um, did not care to look anything up about it and then uh, a few people told me that it's amazing check it out um and i did and i, I would i'm hooked uh, at least with the first episode i haven't seen the second yet the, the second episode is to me is is just as good i've seen the second episode and they carry it straight like it, it's just carrying that that momentum straight through uh the biggest connection and for the people out there listening uh, whatever uh they're the biggest connection there is jeremy iron's character uh he he plays Ozman, uh, ozymandias uh which is uh the one of the like one of the Watchmen, like anti villains, anti heroes from the the movie. So that's who uh, he's supposed to be. Okay, because I didn't under I didn't know who. Okay, I didn't know who he was. All right. Yeah, and uh, you'll you'll see that more once you get to watch the second episode of the things that he does in that second episode. Uh, there's a lot of theories out there that say that he's uh, like that it's Doctor Manhattan and he's there like parading around as him and all this stuff, but Doctor Manhattan can't he can't do that that's not one of his abilities he's he can like clone himself he can make himself like multiples of himself but i mean that's just not one of his abilities to take a human form yeah he can't shape right okay yeah yeah to take a human form like that um i mean and plus there's video of him in the first episode he's on mars i mean so you know they actually are they've actually got video of him on Mars. Like, so why would he even be concerned with something that happened almost 30 years ago? I mean, and when does this movie take place? Cause I know in the beginning it starts like at world war one and then we skip ahead. Am I right on this or uh, the, the original, the, the first part of the show in the first episode is taking place uh, between world war one and 1921 in Tulsa. The show then skips ahead to 2019, but it's still in Tulsa. 
Okay. Because that's where I was confused there too. Again, I, I mean, I, I I can't say that I actually sat down and watched it and, and focused on it. I, I was working at the time, um, but um, I thought it was great that the bit, I mean, I did watch the whole thing from beginning to end, but I think because I missed a few key things there, um, I got confused. Thank you for clearing it up. Um, but yeah, I think if, if anybody out there hasn't watched this show yet, it's, and you didn't like the Watchmen or, or, or from back in the day, it's, you don't need to see that to understand this, in my opinion, and go watch it. It's amazing. I would agree with that. I mean, you don't have to watch the movie. Uh, you know, like the people that have watched the movie will will start to see those connections to the movie. Uh, there, There's some more characters being introduced in the third episode that connect back to the movie. We, we get to see more of that. Uh, and I hope that they do that throughout the entire run. I, I can't remember if it's getting nine episodes or 13 episodes. I'm not sure. But uh, I hope that it gets a second season. I mean, uh, with HBO Max and all of that starting starting up, uh, I believe that would be a, a great opportunity for them. Uh, one of their shows that they could you know, use as, a, as, a, as to draw people in, kind of like a marketing plan, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 funny you bring up HBO Max and you know DC Universe is out there and now it looks like they're going to um, at, at some point combine because uh, Doom Patrol is slated to to now air on HBO Max in May of 2020 as well as side by side on DC Universe in May 2020 for its second season. Um, that's in, in it's weird to me that they're going to have it on both streaming services. I'm guessing they're just going to look at which one does better and then fold the other. Uh, which obviously HBO is definitely going to do better. They're going to fold DC Universe and everything's going to move over. And then, I mean, if that's the case, it'll be easier for me to watch Watchmen because I'll just um, apply for that service since I have a DC Universe anyway. And um, I'll be able to watch a lot better. That's the only reason I didn't see part two is I don't have HBO and I got to wait till I can can get it some other way. Uh, yeah, the and I've, I've said for a long time too, the, the DC Universe platform has been kind of a test platform for HBO Max uh, because I mean they they announced HBO Max around the same time maybe even before the DC Universe stuff but I, I don't think that they were really pushing that until they seen how well the DC Universe stuff was accepted like the the Titans Titans season two uh, you know like you were talking about Doom Patrol uh, that all of those shows that they are putting on there, the, I mean, even Swamp Thing I heard was all right, but of course it didn't last but for 10 episodes or one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that's what they were planning is like, oh, hey, let's see what we can attract with this, see if we get good numbers, then we'll just take the rest of our content, we'll put it all together and push it out, and we'll have something that can compete against Disney. Oh. And <laughs> nope, go ahead. That's, that's the main that's the main goal i mean i believe everybody's going to compete or have to compete with disney because of what they're doing as far as their marvel projects the star wars projects i mean uh, you've got 50 and 60 years of stuff here like 40 50 60 years of, of stuff that of they're content yep. these, yeah that they're putting on these platforms uh that people have been fans of and mm-hmm. i mean you know they're they're talking about uh, having shows that connect to the MCU. They're talking about having shows that have something to do with things that are going to happen in the MCU. I mean, that's something that's that's real big because, you know, all of the Marvel TV we've had before hasn't done that. 
Yeah. And that's been a big grapple with all the fans because you've got all these characters that you're following and you like and you have all these shows that are what I feel like just as good as the movies are and they're not geared toward kids or families or whatever. They're actually geared toward comic book fans and fans of the general characters. And then you've, you've got all these other – like all these movies, 22, 23 movies, whatever it is now that are more family-oriented and they want you to, you know, they want you to try to get invested in that. And I think that's what Disney's trying to trying to accomplish here is they're going to make these shows just a little bit darker than what they make the movies to pull those other fans in and just try to mash it all together like they should have in the beginning. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you watch the first three seasons, I mean, there's it's right there just in the just in all of it. I've rewatched up to season four again. And I mean, you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson was there. Lady Sif was there. Uh, the, they had a lot of the other agents of shield, uh, that was, that shown up, uh, the, the agent from, uh, Captain America, civil war, not civil war, but, uh, winter soldier. Uh, he showed up the one that he had to get from the boat. He was there. Um, I can't remember his name right off. Yeah, I I can't either. Um, but, uh, but he was in all of that, and I mean, you know, that's that's something that they kind of was like, well, you know, the Avengers this, Thor that. I mean, they name dropped everybody, but then they're like, oh well, no, we can't we can't let them be a part of this universe. They're on TV. Yeah, um, but I'm glad you brought up the Disney Plus uh, platform um, in, in comparison to the DC universe. Because Disney Plus has now uh, apparently, again, all rumor, um, a little bit more credible sources on these, but the Defenders look to be moving to the Disney Plus platform uh, once they can. Um, It's going to be some time, but it looks like we're at least getting back Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Punisher, and Iron Fist, but with a rebooted cast. Um, That leaves Luke Cage still hanging in the wind, but according to Forbes... Disney Plus is only going to be uh, up to PG-13 rated uh, content. And anything above a PG-13 rating content, Disney has said that they're going to put it on Hulu since they own 60% of that anyway. Now, my problem is the stuff that Netflix did with these characters is borderline rated R, if not hard R. I mean, there's sexual scenes with uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones at one point, and these are things that made them feel like real people and it needs to stay that way. In my opinion, putting them on Disney plus, I don't know is the right move. And I'm curious on, on your thoughts on that. I would love to see these characters back, but I want them the way they were. I don't want a washed down version of them. And, and I agree. I mean, we don't want to see these characters being put uh, into a, like we don't want them to to see them be watered down. We don't want to see Jessica Jones be put into uh, some kind of a Disney filtered show. I mean, you know, she was that that show was probably one of the grittiest of all all of them. I mean, next to Punisher, of course. I mean, he's a maniac. He, you know, <laughs> that that first episode of season two, he he killed pretty much everybody that he come across. Uh, but like Daredevil. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, even Iron Fist. I mean, you know, I, I don't agree with the rebooted cast. Uh, I think that after the first season, they really got everything together. Finn Jones was doing great. Uh, I mean, that's that's one thing. I mean, the, maybe the supporting characters around him. 
uh, recast them, but leave Finn Jones in there. I mean, he he actually done okay with the crossover with the defenders, and I think season two was his better season. Uh, season one gets a lot of flack because they like you know he done an interview about it. We were doing uh, you know all the choreography like 15 minutes before we would go film, and he's like, you know, I'm not a martial artist, and I can't do all this stuff, all these fight scenes. I can't go out practice them for 15 minutes to go make them look like they're legit on screen yeah um i agree i think finn jones was definitely better in season two i don't agree about um taking away like maybe the side characters because i thought colleen wing and um misty knight were great in in the show i love them and i'm if they do do a reboot of this do do i would like to see them um do it with maybe Colleen Wing being the the Iron Fist and doing a Daughters of a Dragon type thing because I think that would be amazing. I would love to have seen that on Netflix actually, and that's what I thought they were going to do since Iron Fist didn't do so well. They were just going to move it over to a Daughters of the Dragon storyline. Right. Yeah, I thought that too. Uh, right before they started canceling everything and getting everything geared up, I guess for the Disney the Disney takeover. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that that's what was going to happen. Uh, I agree with uh, Colleen Wing and uh, Misty Knight. I mean, those were two great characters that should stay. Uh, but I, I'm talking about the other characters that were there uh, with uh, the family and, and all of that, that he, uh, that owned his, that run his business and all that stuff. I, I don't, I didn't really care much for their characters. Uh, the, the whole point Like Ward of, and stuff. Yeah. I, rem- I yeah, know who you're talking yeah. about now. Okay. Yeah, the Meachams. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really care much for those characters. Uh, I feel like Ward kind of went off the rails there in season two, and he he did have that redemption period at the end of season two when he kind of just went along with Danny. But uh, the the uh, the sister character, I didn't like her that much. Uh, now, with mm. that being said, if they wanted to bring those characters back, I mean, they do they they fit well in the story, I guess. But I just didn't like the characters. I don't want to see them reboot one out of a potential, you know, the rest of them. I don't want to see them, like, recast, do all that, and then make it worse. Because they, I really feel like in the Defenders that Danny kind of fit in with the whole group. And I don't want to see that happen to where he's just like, oh, hey, you know, I'm getting recast, whatever. That I don't think that's going to work. Okay. Uh, point taken. I mean... Um, it's still all rumored, uh, so we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, but um, it, it is they 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 are. Uh, I've heard that they're going to try to bring them into the MCU a little bit too. So let's hope for that. Uh, Spider Man three crossing my fingers here. Uh, those those New York heroes that would be great. Let's see, yeah, maybe a court scene with Matt Murdock walking in to defend him or right. or him. But yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, but if they are bringing Daredevil back, the one person you can't leave out of this conversation is Wilson Fisk, uh, Vincent D'Onfrio, or however you say his last name. Uh, personally, the best Kingpin I've ever seen on, on any screen. Um, and I am not a Kingpin fan. I don't really care for the comic book character. In fact, I've avoided comics that he was the main villain in or storylines, um, especially in the Spider-Man side of things. I was more of a Venom Carnage guy. Uh, so... Seeing him and what he did in the Daredevil series was amazing. And, and they uh, need to bring him back. That's 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 all I want to say. 
Right, uh, and I followed him on Twitter, uh, you know, and I, I follow that story closely. Uh, since they actually stopped the shows on Netflix, he has said the whole time that he is open to returning whatever they wanted him to do. Uh, and I agree 100%. Uh, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, he's, he's, a, great, he's a great actor. Uh, he was in, you know, Law & Order for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. But his, his character, his Kingpin character, that's, like you said, it's, it's hands down the best kingpin has been uh like you i didn't really care much for him in the comic books again you know the you know whether i read spider-man i want to read the venom story or something like that uh but you know kingpin he really was great in that daredevil series and i think there's something they could explore there maybe even put him in the mcu kind of you know uh kind of running things i mean what 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 what's going to happen to him after season three of daredevil i mean yeah he might have went back to jail but he always gets out yeah um it would be great if he was a minor villain even in the the mcu to to set up somebody else's storyline i mean it would be great to see him back there and then you can get a nice matt murdoch daredevil spider-man crossover against kingpin i mean they're all in new york it would be ah, dude it, it's the the potential of what they could do with these characters now in incorporating the mcu is limitless and Honestly, it would be amazing. So Disney right. has something there, or Marvel. Uh, they need to act on it. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, it, goosebumps. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, those characters would fit right in, right along in there. And I mean, now you have all this. Uh, they're they're exploring like the the multiverse in Marvel. They you know the other dimensions, things like that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be good, but at the same time, you know, we're going to be missing something with Chris Evans being gone, Robert Downey Jr. being gone, the potential for Scarlett Johansson to not be in the, like, the new movies moving forward, but I've also heard that she's going to have her own trilogy as Black Widow. I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be kind of like telling backstory or leading up to that point to where she, you know, the the whole death in Endgame and all that. Uh but I've heard that, you know, from rumor and, and that she said herself that she would be possibly getting her own trilogy of Black Widow movies. Uh, again, they have time travel. People can come back if they want to, that kind of thing. I don't agree with time travel uh, so much in the mm-hmm. movies. It, it kind of made that movie worse than what it really should have been uh, or what it could have been. The movie's great, but the time travel part could have been way better or not there at all. And it still would have been great, I believe. I agree with you. I hate time travel. Anybody who has listened to this show knows how much I cannot stand it. And I've talked at, at length on how much I hate it in an endgame. Um, but the one thing with Black Widow that uh, nobody can really seem to answer when I ask them, you you get the soul stone by having to relinquish a, a soul. Um, but what if you gave a soul stone back? Do you get that soul back? So is she does she come back? Like, is it just a rental? You know what I mean? Like right. nobody has ever really explained that to me. And I don't know if an explanation exists, um, but I'm curious to see how that plays out. If they, they revisit that to at least answer that question. Yeah, me too. I mean, that would be, that would be something that they, they should, I feel like answer. Uh, I mean, I, I agree that, you know, in theory, it sounds good. It's like, Oh, Hey, she, she sacrificed her soul, gave it up for the stone. Clint took it back to the rest of the Avengers. Cap took it back on his way back to 1945 or wherever he went to. Uh, that shouldn't that, you know, kind of reset what happened with her. And I mean, but how would she get off that planet? What, I mean, you know, 
what would happen in, in that theory could she still time travel i mean what we don't we don't know i guess because you know the next set of movies aren't out and they kind of left that all out of spider-man that they just mentioned that it kind of happened and that was it and they moved on to his new story yeah so i mean it's interesting to say the least i uh but i i don't know i just that's all i really had to say about the disney disney plus stuff that's so we kind of got off a little bit there but um i hate time travel <laughs> yeah uh I and the more I watch Endgame, the more I actually um, find other problems with it. I walked out of the theater the first time, and I, I, again, I've said this before, where I was like, "Oh my god, that was an amazing movie!" I went and seen it the second time. I'm like, "Wait a minute, it's not as good as I remember." And then I'm like picking things apart, and I'm like, "It's not as good as I, I wanted it to be." Um, if you had to pick a favorite MCU movie, what would it be? Captain America Civil War. I actually love that movie too. It's like in my top three. Um, my top one is probably still Doctor Strange. I love the 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 mystic art stuff of that, and and the um, just just the traveling and and the the artwork in that movie I thought was amazing. The CGI and everything. Um, again, haven't seen that in a while, so maybe it doesn't hold up. But that brings me to the next thing I want to do. If you're up for it. Um, with new people coming on the show, I'd like to present 10 questions to get to know you got you, you a little better. And so the people out there, um, you know, get to know a little bit about you as well. All right. So here are the 10 questions. I don't have a name for them yet, so I have no idea what this bit is called. But if you could trade lives with any superhero, who would it be and why? <laughs> Tough, huh? I, I mean – as, as far as that goes, I would probably, and, and you're going to hate this, but I would probably have to trade lives with Superman. I mean, uh, you know, as far as it goes, he's he's not what you would call like super like super macho ego. He's down to earth. He's the one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, being on Earth, and he works as a reporter. So I mean, you know, he has a good life. He's just he's all powerful that i mean you know that would be that would just be great i mean he has a simple life he's all powerful he's a pretty much a bumbling idiot when he's not superman i mean <laughs> well, why, I, that would be great what about the guilt he has to, to carry if he can't save somebody or or um i don't know the you know you can you can hear everything you can see through anything doesn't that weigh on somebody like you can't it, tune it, it out <laughs> Right, it, it does to a point, and that, that's that's the focus. Is you have to, you do have to live with the guilt of picking and choosing. But I mean, as far as that goes, you you go to, I mean, you have to depend on other people. Like if it's something that's not, uh, something that's not a, a major crisis, you know, you have emergency services. You you go with what's what matters the most. So I mean, you know, they've, I, I feel like that they've mentioned that several times, and that's just how I would be. It's like people that's most in crisis to people that's least in crisis who who can i help the most that is what mm -hmm. i what i would feel like okay if you could live in any video game universe as we talk about video games a lot on the show as well um which video game universe would you choose world of warcraft all right uh, you don't have a problem possibly of getting hacked to death by some kind of orc or anything no nah. No, I, I, was, I mean, I, I just, I enjoy that. I enjoy the, the setting that it's in. I mean, that's simpler times. All right. So do you console game at all or yeah. used to? It doesn't matter. Yeah, if you I do. still do. 
All right. So what is your favorite console of all time? And then there's a follow-up to that. Right now, it's The Last of Us. Your favorite console? Last of Us. Console? Like gaming console? Like PlayStation oh, 4? PlayStation. PlayStation. Okay. It's, it's, you know, I thought you said game. Sorry. Well, that was the it's follow-up question. <laughs> so yeah. PlayStation 4 and The Last of Us is uh, your favorite game, okay? Yep. And are you a fan of the Star Wars franchise? I am, yeah. And what is your favorite film in Star Wars? Out of Return of the Jedi. All right. It's mine too. Um, do you have a hate for the prequels like most people or? Not really, no. I, I don't. Uh, I enjoyed the prequels. Uh, the The one thing I will say is that uh, people give a lot of flack for uh, Hayden Christensen. I think he done great. I mean, you know, that's – it's it's difficult for a young actor to come in and play something as as big as an icon, as iconic as Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, making that turn to Darth Vader. That's I mean that's that's a hard task. Yeah, I agree. I don't mind the prequels as much as I did back then. Um, rewatching them, I think the writing and and di- directing of it kind of was the problem, um, especially in Attack of the Clones, the episode two. The writing in that, to me, was some of the worst writing I've ever witnessed, and it, I think it's mainly because uh, I think what George Lucas tried his hand at writing it and didn't use really yeah. too many outside sources, so I think that was kind of the problem. But Revenge of the Sith, I thought, was an excellent movie on its own by itself. So I think those movies get a little little more slack than they should. Um, oh, yeah. I actually don't like uh, Rogue One. Um I, I actually dislike Rogue One more than I dislike the prequels, and I get a lot of crap for that sometimes. But I just uh, I need my Jedi. I want to see Jedi sword fights. I don't need to see that. I mean, I right. need <laughs> the coolest part of Rogue One was Darth Vader. I mean, I agree I, with that. Yeah, it's like the last five minutes of the movie were the best five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, he needs a spinoff. <laughs> Um, again, this is a, 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 this nerdcaster. We talk everything from video games and, and, and movies and superheroes and comic books. Uh, it would be remiss if I didn't ask you an IT-related question, and that is um, you don't work in IT uh, currently, or you do? Um, Not currently, no. I was going to say you don't have to say what you do. Um, uh, what it, You've done IT-related projects, correct? Whether it's at home, on your own, or whatever. What would yeah. you say is your favorite or project you're most proud of. And that can be anything from building raspberry Pi things to gaming rigs to, to PlayStation modding, um, anything. Um, I, I would guess, you know, uh, make like building my own gaming computers. I mean, you know, I've, I've built the last two, uh, I do have an alienware laptop that I bought, but the last two desktop computers that I've had, I've built. So, I mean, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I mean, saved me almost $1,500 just, you know, putting one together. So, I mean, um, probably that, uh, maybe another thing that I am, uh, most proud of is, uh, you know, my, um, uh, my ability to, to like help mod like PSPs and, uh, you know, things like that. I mean, uh, they're old, but still, you know, you can put a ton of games on them with an SD card. So you spoke about your, your gaming rigs. Um, what if you want to share for the people out there who love building is, and I know we have a, a bunch of fans that do, um, do you want to give a breakdown of what's in your most recent one? If I can remember, sure. uh, let's see. Uh, I have a 700 watt power supply. 
uh, cannot remember the brand name. Um, I have uh, 16 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. It's a little older, uh, you know, expenses. Yeah. Uh, then I have uh, I have an eight core processor. Uh, it is uh, AMD, not Intel. And then I have uh, a four gigabyte NVIDIA video card. Okay. And um, on PC, what is the game of choice currently? Is it WoW? It's WoW, yeah. Okay. Right now. WoW yeah. Classic, or are you still playing standard WoW? Uh, WoW Classic, yeah. Standard WoW kind of lost my interest about six months ago. Oh, nice. Um, so, next question. Uh, moving on. Uh, you grew up in I don't know what de- decade you grew up from from when you grew up and I'm falling all over my words tonight can you name a cartoon or TV show you watched growing up that you would watch today if you could like if they rebooted or whatever what would you like to see being remade um, as a, from a cartoon or TV show that you watched as a child Batman the Animated Series it's a good show I love that show and I still actually watch it on the last one I have here is what do you consider is your most, most nerdy hobby? My most nerdy hobby is collecting the pop final figurines. I believe that's the nerdiest thing that I do. Really? Uh, yes, I have like between 70 and 80 of them. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I collect a bunch. Um, I mean, I would say comic books, but these <laughs> things I collect more than I do comic books. Uh, I have a limited edition Thor uh, from uh, the Funko Spring Convention. Uh, I have a Knight Rider uh, that I that I got for a birthday gift. Uh, I have Dean from Supernatural with the car. Uh, that was a 2000 and I want to say 17 New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a Superman that was a PX exclusive and a Doomsday that was a 2016 uh, summer convention from the uh, it was from the Batman versus Superman line. So, uh, yeah, uh, I got a limited edition uh Tiffany, the Bride of Chucky. Uh, oh, nice. I've got multiple of the Flash. Uh, I've got the whole Justice League set from the movie uh, for the heroes. Uh, I've got the Barry Allen uh, running, and I've got the Barry Allen like standing uh, from the Flash CW TV show. Uh, I have Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I mean, you know that that kind of thing. Like I collect sets of these. I mean, that like I said, it's it's something that I do. I uh, I've got. Hawkman from the CW show, and I think Hawkgirl. I paid forty bucks for Hawkgirl. She was, uh, she was like limited edition. Like it was crazy. I, I it took me like a whole Comic Con in Lexington to find just one. Wow, damn. Yeah, I mean, I had some like when, I don't know if you remember Marvel did like boxes that you could buy that were kind of crazy expensive, um, like loot box things, and I paid for them and all the. The ones I have are from there, except for a Batman I bought, a Nightwing, and a Joker and Harley um, that I used to have uh, here in the studio. Um, but, you know, we're going to be moving soon, so had to pack them up. But those are absolutely my favorites. I do not have nearly 70 or 80. I may have 12. <laughs> but yeah, 
I have them all over the place. Yeah, I I like them too. Do you take them out of the boxes or you keep them in the box? No, they're they're in the box. They're yeah. all basically all of them are sealed. Uh, I mean, if they've been opened before or they don't have a seal on them, they've never been opened by me. Yeah, I'm same same thing with me. I keep them all in the boxes. Uh, but yeah. I have to agree. I do like collecting them. I just seen that they, it could get out of control with with you, you know purchasing them. It wouldn't be hard to leave like a hot topic or box launch or some other insert store name here with a hundred dollars in Funkos. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I went to an Fye that's still standing uh, recently and bought Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man from the Avengers Endgame line. Just like mm-hmm. went in and was like, oh hey, picked them up. Let, you know, pay for them and left. I mean, that's just that's just how I am. I like I collect the sets. I have with the the Flash show. I have uh, Captain Cold and I have the Flash, and I want to say I have uh, Zoom and I've got Jay Garrick, like the one that premiered in season two that was like pretending to be Jay Garrick from the Flash. Oh, I nice. Had him too. He was a he was a collector. It's forty bucks at my local comic book store. Yeah. Do you have the uh, Killer Frost? Uh, I, I don't think so. It, uh, but I'd like to have... I, I, I think they just released one of hers like just recently. Uh, I seen her post that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, that, that's the only reason I knew about it. I remember seeing um, Daniel Panabaker uh, post it on Twitter. I do follow her. Um, but I'm a huge Disney nerd, so I kind of followed her back from old uh, Disney Channel stuff as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sky High and all those, yeah. uh, all those shows. Yeah. I'm surprised. Nobody ever remembers those when I bring them up. And then, then when I show it to them, they're like, oh, damn, that was her. I'm like, yes, that, that was her. Nobody remembers that she was in Friday the 13th from 2009. That's either. right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's pretty much all I have for the show, unless you want to bring up anything else. I mean, the only thing that I, I could think of is the new Star Wars trailer. Uh, that was something that uh, I watched a couple of times. Uh, you know, there there was all this rumor uh, that Darth Sidious was going to be there, that the Emperor was coming back, and uh, I mean, you know, and there's there's all this theory about Rey and, and Kylo Ren, and I just, I mean, from watching that trailer. It really looks like it's going to be a good film, but again, The Last Jedi looked like it was going to be a good film from the trailer, so there was a lot of complaints for it. Now, I liked parts of The Last Jedi. Uh, I, I, you know, the the whole, like, Luke facing down Kylo Ren, even though it was, like, Luke cat, force casting himself across the universe, whatever. I mean, I would have liked to have seen that actually happen, but the way it did happen he gave them time and sacrificed himself for them to escape. So technically he was still the hero, just not in the face, it's not in the, the fashion everybody wanted him to be. I mean, I'm glad you brought up this trailer. It, it, it slipped my mind. I, I, we didn't have an episode last week, so I totally forgot about this. So thank you. Um, I do have thoughts about, uh, the trailer. Um, I, before I get to that though, I did like episode eight. The only things I did not like about it, was the Canto Bite scenes. I could do without them. However, there's a caveat to that. Benicio Del Toro's character I thought was amazing. I really liked him. I liked the, the screw-over twist where you thought he was going to be good, and then at the end he's like, money's money, and gave them up to the First Order. He He's yep. a very gray character. I loved it. Um, 
I think the whole fight with with Kylo Ren and 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 Luke Skywalker it kind of had to be that way. I don't see Luke being able to hold his own against a much younger, a, a more fit Kylo Ren. Um, and in the movie, he even talks about you know tells Ray in the very beginning that would you think you were going to hand me a lightsaber and I was going to save the world? It's like he he. he Physically, and his body probably can't do it anymore. He is a human. He wasn't like Yoda or something else that could live the 900 years old. So that's the yeah. way I looked at that. Yeah, and I agree. I, I just, you know, uh, and I, like I said, I didn't really have a whole whole lot of problem with it. Uh, like you, you know, like you, the, the scenes with the casino, all that, that was kind of not needed. Uh, and I mean, th- that movie gets a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad review because they and, and they say it's like a social justice movie and all this stuff. What I think is the problem with these films is you have Ray, who is the the hero for the first two films, like Luke was through the first three, like that we've seen from you know seventy seven into the eighties. Luke was the hero. Ray's the hero now, and I don't think a lot of people like that because they think that she's just invincible and stuff like that. But I think that's. At the end of this, that's going to be the big twist. I think that Kylo Ren's going to be the hero. I agree. I think he's definitely going to turn toward the light side, like a Darth Vader move at the end of the original trilogy. Darth Vader throws Palpatine down the, or Darth Sidious down down the the chute, um, essentially redeeming himself before he dies. I see Kylo Ren redeeming himself before it gets that far. Um, however, he still wants to do away with the Jedi and 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 the First Order and and. He just wants to get rid of it all and start over. I don't see that happening. Um, I also have some crazy ass uh, uh, theories about this next movie. I think the trailer looks amazing. I think the movie is, is going to be good. J.J. Abrams is back. Um, and I think he's going to do the Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, episode eight justice. I think with the tie ins and everything else, it's going to make that a better movie. Um, however, I don't see everybody living through this next movie. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ray herself doesn't make it through. And I, I would love that twist ending. I'm not saying it's going to happen. People have told me I'm crazy. Um, but I can see her being a martyr. And that's what turns Kylo Ren back to the, the brings him back. Right. The the one big thing that, that I really see with with ray is this kylo ren has a place he he's sort of like for the first two films like in in the last jedi and then in the force awakens he's he's like the the third or fourth in command of the first first order he's you know he's that darth vader-esque type character uh then he turns on his master right Mm -hmm. okay well ray is kind of like luke when she starts out but luke had a family luke found a family she found a family but she still feels like she doesn't have a place in the world i feel like that 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 whole like despair and that that whole lonely feeling is going to kind of turn her to the dark side i think with Sidious coming back i think that that's going to help her turn to the dark side and i think she's going to turn on kylo ren I think that would be amazing. That is an awesome theory as well. I love that. I Oh, my God. I, you talked about it. I legit got goosebumps. I would love to see her turn dark. I'd love Kylo Ren to, to turn good. I'd love that balance to shift that way. Um, again, and if, he, if she dies at his hands, I'm not – I wouldn't – oh, dude, that would be that, – that's awesome. That's a great theory. I love it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole Jedi thing is is like these these people that felt like they were alone or lost. Like Anakin, he he felt lost. That was the thing is he's he felt lost with Padme. He he knew or could see that she was going to die, and he wanted to save her. That was his whole reason for doing everything he did. Yeah, he was seduced pretty much the entire time from his childhood up. But he, that final that final image in his head of her dying during childbirth was like, oh, hey, I have to do something. I have to save her. And he thought that that was the way he was going to save her. Ray's all like, I don't know my place in this world. I'm lost. I don't have anywhere to go. I have these friends, but are they really my friends? What, you know, what do I do? I've never had a family before. I've never had this before. And then she finds kind of that figure in Sidious, and that's that's it. That's all it is. That's all it takes. Absolutely correct. I mean, you look at Luke. He had he had force training from from Yoda and and Obi Wan and, and stuff like that. She has nobody. Nobody has really trained her in the Force up to this point. Um, no. So shifting her to the dark side, even you know, even in, in what was it, Episode Eight, where she went to the dark side in that whole that planet hole or whatever. I don't I don't know what yeah. the hell it's called. Um, she went to it so easily. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. Your theory is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that I, I hope that happens. I mean, that would be that would be the best the best thing that could happen with this whole series. And then maybe like if they wanted to continue Kylo Ren's story with another trilogy or another movie, they could do that. I mean, who knows? Because I, I think that the rise of the Skywalker, he has Skywalker blood in him. That has to be what it's about. Well, they can link him back all the way to the original, uh, that Solo film that didn't do so well. Because um, Solo isn't even his real last name. Han Solo's real last name. So right. he could take the real last name of Skywalker, knowing that that was a real last name of his mother. I'm, I mean, it's it's weak, but... It's possible that he chooses that name, and and that's what brings him back. Right. I dude, <laughs> I I have nothing else to say. Like you, you killed it with that theory. I mean, that's that's been my theory for for a while now. Watching watching those rewatching those movies, watching this trailer. Um, I, I have been in kind of a, an argument with people about the horses in space. Uh, that whole part of that trailer, I'm like, no, they're on a planet. You ask about horses, but yet you have 30 people riding across a star destroyer. Are you trying to figure out how they're breathing? What's the, yeah. what's the, what, what are you missing there? Because if they're in space and the horses are in space, then they're probably all going to die. Mm. Um, it's a vacuum after all. Yeah. And the only other thing about the trailer that I can really remember that um, I'd be remiss to not bring up would be the C-3PO scene uh, where it looks like he's about to sacrifice himself to to save the rest of, of the group um, by possibly getting hacked to be that evil red eye C-3PO we saw in the previous trailer before this newest one was released. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that's going to be a big thing, too. It's that's going to be some some big motivation for somebody, because, I mean, he's been around for all nine films. So, I mean, that's 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 big. That's a big part of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure I could even go the route that everybody perishes in this movie. And the only one who lives is R2-D2 to tell the story, just like he I mean, was the right. He, yeah. He was the one in the beginning who bought the message to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, I mean, he's exactly. been telling this story the entire time. So, so. 
All right, man. Um, you want to add anything else or nah, good I, to wrap I mean, up? That's, that's all I've got. I'm good. All right. You want to plug anything else before we, we close this out? I mean, I know you already talked about the watch, watch stuff and, and your Twitter. You, any, anything else you want to say before we go? I don't have anything else. No. All right. That being said, I want to thank you for coming on, dude. Uh, this was a pleasure. I had a great conversation and, and hearing your theories about star Wars and the CW shows and everything else was great. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, especially if there's a topic you feel uh, great about and you want to talk about, just hit me up and we'll get something scheduled. Okay. I will do that. I appreciate it. And I enjoy being here. All right. Well, thank you, man. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Nerdcaster out.